I know someone who was driving a group of mourners to a funeral, and one of them in the back had a question and tapped the driver on the shoulder, <coughs> and the driver got so shocked, careened across two lanes, and thank God was able to take control of the car and was so embarrassed and apologized and explained that he, he normally drove the hearse. So when he felt that hand on his shoulder, it really scared him. But coming in contact with the dead is something that the Torah surprisingly focuses on, especially with the laws of the Kohen. A Kohen is forbidden to go to a funeral, to come in contact directly or indirectly, even to be in the same room as a corpse, with the exception of a regular Kohen and one of his seven closest relatives. It's mother, father, sister, mother, father, son, daughter, sister, brother, or spouse. So why is it that this is a particular prohibition for a Kohen? One would think, particularly in Jewish life, that we understand the nature of death. We're a religion that's based on the neshama, the power of the soul, the power of the infinite nature of our very being. And so the absence of the soul in the body just means that the soul's in a different place. It's not the soul that presents the challenge of tuma, of metaphysical impurity. It's the halal, the corpse. You see, as long as we live inside of the structure that we refer to as the human body, we are very, very connected between these two worlds, spiritual and physical. That connection is what our Torah is about. The Torah is not written for angels. It's not written for the perfect. It's written for the very struggle of having a physical component and an ego and anger and lust and all of the other challenges of being human being. I've mentioned in the past, it took me many years to reach perfection. But we never actually do reach perfection as long as we're alive because that struggle continues for everybody. So why is it that at the egress of life, there is a tumor, there is a contamination of the corpse? And it's actually the highest form of contamination in Judaism. The answer is that the word halal or corpse is very connected to another prohibition in this week's Torah reading, Velo sechalulu, not to profane. We're obligated in life to either make a kiddush Hashem, to sanctify God's name, or chilu Hashem, God forbid the opposite, where we're pulled away and we create this vacuum. And our lives are created to fill a vacuum with holiness, with meaning, with purpose. What takes place and can take place often in the face of death is an existential feeling, is a sense of what's it all worth? You know, eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we're going to be dead, fails to see that every moment is a great opportunity. But in the sense, and that's Rav Soloveitchik described, 
the obligation of the Suda Savra, the meal of consolation, that cannot come from the mourner's own food. It has to be served by someone else, that it triggers that natural desire for us to take care of ourselves, for us to be able to produce in life. So when you're forced to be passive, it's a wake-up call that says, okay, God forbid we can go through mourning, but ultimately there's a purpose to life. The presence of a corpse without that soul can make us feel disconnected to ourselves, disconnected to this beautiful bridge between the soul and the body. And therefore, we have to take a step backwards and remove that tumor and remove that impurity, specifically for the Kohen, whose job it was to bless the people, to represent the people in the temple, and to be the teachers of the Jewish nation, which took place all throughout our history until the Second Temple. The Kohanim were the major teachers. In order to be able to teach the Jewish people, we cannot speak of that empty space. We have to continue to fill it with the kingdom of God that's physical and spiritual merged together, which is our Torah. And that's why, unlike in other religions, there's no such thing as not getting married as a mitzvah, as a, as a spiritual celibate type of wonderful thing. It's quite the contrary. We're obligated to engage in the physical world. And that's where the holidays in this week's Parsha come in and the sacrifices are associated with it, that we can merge together the physical and the spiritual. In the face of the chilul, Hashem, the emptiness where God's not present, that's the halal, that's the emptiness of a corpse that's devoid of the soul. We're not afraid of death. Sometimes it reminds us to live. But when we see death and connect with that death, with that corpse, it can leave us sometimes feeling disconnected to ourselves and our mission. Koenim are people who are driving the mission of the Jewish people. And therefore they have a specific prohibition not to connect with Tumas Hames, with the impurity associated when the soul leaves the body. I think it's a great lesson for all of us, those of us who get tapped on the shoulder and realize, wait, it's a live person talking to me. We connect to a physical world, and we see within that opportunity our own kingdom, that everyone has a kingdom. The, the um, great leader, the elder of Kelm, used to tell his children, my kindelach, get up to rule your kingdom. Every single one of us has a kingdom, has a dynasty over the challenges and the beauty of our lives. But within that context, the physical and the spiritual merge together in a way that gives us the ability to rule our kingdom and fill it with the presence of God. It's not the emptiness, it's that which we fill. And therefore we see in this particular obligation for the coin to step back from the corpse, the obligation to fill space with life and with joy and with the opportunity to rule our kingdom with God. Shabbos.